This is episode 21 of HD Reality, where we talk about the universal rule that determines everything about the way we experience our lives. Welcome to HD Reality with Courtney Cable. As a member of a Huntington's disease family and a certified life coach, I'm here to help you navigate the unique challenges of Huntington's disease. This podcast is dedicated to everyone affected by HD, including individuals with HD, their loved ones, and their care partners. Together, we'll explore practical mental and emotional tools to help you overcome the obstacles that arise with this diagnosis. Join me as we define our own HD reality. Keep listening and let the transformation begin. Thanks for tuning in. I first want to start off by apologizing for the delay of this episode. I've got some personal things going on and... So this one is up a little bit late, so I apologize for that. The last time we talked, we were talking about the motivational triad. So to recap, we have our higher logical brain and we have a lower automatic brain. And our automatic brain is running most of the time. We're actually functioning almost completely on autopilot for about 80% of the time. And that lower automatic brain is what's driving that autopilot and it's governed by this motivational triad and there are three main goals that that lower brain has in order to try to keep us alive and it's to pursue pleasure avoid pain and conserve energy those are the rules that the lower brain lives by but today i want to talk to you about a rule that is even more powerful than the motivational triad it's beyond the motivational triad and this pops up in all kinds of theories, models, philosophies. It even has some ties in some religions. It has come into play a lot on this podcast, actually, but I wanted to give it its own episode. So here is what I'm calling the universal rule. The universal rule is that your beliefs create your experience. Let me explain this. I'm going to try saying it in a couple different ways, and I want to show you some areas where this idea comes up that you might have already been familiar with. But first, let's start with some definitions. So a belief is a thought that you hold to be true. It's just a thought. It's a sentence in your mind. Usually it's something we think a lot. We think it often. It's not a fleeting or passing thought, possibility, or idea. It's it's a thought or an idea that is fairly consistent You're thinking it a lot and you believe it to be true. Your experience, when I talk about experience, that's the combination of your thoughts, feelings, and actions as they relate to a situation or a circumstance or a fact. So when we do our CTFAR model, the circumstance, thought, feeling, action, result, when I say experience, I'm kind of talking about that R line, that result line that just kind of sums up everything about what you're thinking, feeling, doing, what your, your whole experience of something. And what this universal rule is saying is that what you believe to be true will become true for you. And this isn't magic or wishful thinking. It's really just the way our brains work. And I've seen this to be true every single time for myself and for my coaching clients and everyone else in the coaching world that I've talked to and even outside the coaching world. So here are a few places where you might have heard something similar. If you've heard of the law of attraction, this idea probably sounds familiar to you. The law of attraction states that positive thoughts will energetically attract positive results and negative thoughts will attract negative results. 
But because this concept relies on energy and the universe, not everyone can really get behind it. And it might feel a little bit out there for you. But at its core, it's really that same principle that what you think and believe will directly correspond with your outcomes, results, and experiences. We also see this universal rule when people talk about manifesting or manifestation and visualization. So when people make vision boards or they have mantras or affirmations for themselves or they're visualizing their success, it's, it's really that same principle. So with vision boards and visualizations, you're giving your mind some input in favor, some visual or imaginative input in favor of this belief being true and possible and achievable. Because if you have an underlying belief that it's impossible, that belief of it being impossible will become your reality. So this is a way to open yourself up to the idea that the belief is doable, which then translates into your feelings, actions, and results, creating that reality more naturally instead of trying to force it with willpower because you've fed your mind these, these visual representations of that belief being true. Same thing with mantras and affirmations. So again, a belief is a thought that you think over and over that you believe to be true. So mantras and affirmations are focusing on that part of the definition of a belief where you're thinking it over and over. The more you feed your brain this sentence, this thought that you're trying to believe, the more you feed that to your brain and you actively look for evidence of it, the more you'll begin to believe it. And the universal rule is that if you believe it, it will come true. So when athletes are visualizing their perfect execution of a play or a particular move, or when business owners are visualizing their success and making their vision boards, or if you hear people talk about recording themselves, describing their goals as if they've already been achieved, and then listening to that recording over and over, these things work for some people, but they don't work for others. And the difference is that for the people these things are working for, they believe that it will work. And that's where it gets a little bit trippy because you have to actually believe it. If you don't actually believe that thought, that belief that you're trying to visualize, it's not going to work. Which makes this a really hard theory to test because when we're testing something, there's always going to be a level of skepticism or disbelief. But that skepticism and disbelief is going to interfere directly with that critical element of the experiment, which is truly believing the thought. Because as soon as you don't believe it, it's not going to work. So you can get really philosophical with all of this. And I just love thinking about the idea that we are able to actually control and choose what we believe. I just think that's wild and amazing <laughs> because it's easy to think that our beliefs just kind of happen to us or they're handed to us or passed down to us or that they're more than just sentences in our mind, but we really can control which thoughts become beliefs. And we're going to talk about how a little bit later in this episode. But I want to talk about a few other places where we see this universal rule in play. What I've talked about a lot on this podcast, which is the model developed by Brooke Castillo, who created the Life Coach School, that CTFAR model. In that model, Brooke teaches that the results will always reflect whatever is in the thought line of the model. So if you have a thought 
that this exercise or eating regimen or protocol isn't working, your result is likely to be that you don't even give the protocol a chance to work. And that's an actual T and R line from an actual client that I coached recently. That thought that the protocol isn't working created a feeling that drove actions that included cheating the protocol or giving up on certain aspects of it or feeling some shame around stuff and straying from the protocol. So that thought, that belief that the protocol isn't working became true for her versus if she had had a thought this protocol will work, you're more likely to feel and act in a way that your result becomes you stick to the protocol and it works and you get the result that you want. Another model that I've done with a client, the thought line was there's nothing fun to do around here. And the result for this client was that they didn't find anything fun to do. That belief that there was nothing fun to do around here led her to feel and do things that confirmed the thought that there's nothing fun. And if nothing else changed besides the thought, if we changed the thought to there's got to be something fun to do around here, I just need to find it, the result line would likely have looked more like the client finding fun things to do around here. Another example of the universal rule I think I've mentioned on the podcast here before is perspectacles. There was a really awesome blog about a woman who was just hating her house. She thought it was ugly. She wanted to move. It was messy. Nothing was going right. But one day she decided to walk around her house with her perspectacles on, what she called perspectacles. And she decided to notice all of the really amazing things about her house that she wasn't noticing before. Like the fact that she has a machine that keeps her food cold. Like how cool is that? And there's another machine that washes her clothes. And the walls and the roof of her house are sturdy. So noticing the good, having an attitude of gratitude, all of these use the idea that beliefs act as filters and change the way we observe the world. And when we change the way we observe the world, we change the way we experience the world. So our beliefs are changing our experience. And there, I've mentioned other phrases like the eyes see what the mind looks for. There's so much stimuli coming into our senses every millisecond through sights, sounds, smells, sensations, etc. No matter how aware, observant, or unbiased you think you are, there's just too much incoming information and our brains have to filter it. We would be completely overwhelmed if we didn't have this built-in system to filter out the stuff that's irrelevant. And our beliefs are what create that filter. They tell our lower brain what's important, what to look for, and what to ignore. The visual of online shopping works really well for me here. So imagine you're online shopping and you know how it shows you what number, how many results you have for that search. It's like having an infinite options pop up for that search. But then, luckily, over there on the side panel, they usually have some kind of filter options. So you can filter by price or color or style or length or whatever it is that you're shopping for. So your senses are the same way. They're constantly searching for input. 
and there's just too much coming in, your beliefs set the criteria for that search and filter the information down into manageable amounts so that your conscious mind is only noticing what you've chosen to be relevant. Because if I log on to an online store and they just give me all of their options, but all I'm looking for is a pair of leggings, I need help filtering all of those options down to the ones that are relevant for my search for leggings. (laughs) I don't want to see the shirts. I don't want to see the boots. I don't want to see the hats. I just want to see the leggings. So if I believe that good things come to me, if that's a belief that I have, good things come to me, I'm going to start noticing all of the good things in my life and anything that I don't label as good my lower brain will decide is irrelevant and it'll completely filter that information out. I won't even register it. I won't even notice it. It's like it's not even there. And the result would be that I would experience those good things. I would notice those good things. I'd be thinking about those good things. My overall experience is that good things come to me, which reinforces that original belief. On the other hand, if I believe that people don't value me, I'm going to start seeing evidence for that and interpreting situations through that lens. And the result of that belief will be an experience of me feeling undervalued and I'm noticing more frequently and giving more weight to evidence that I find that people don't value me. So that's that idea of perspectacles and how our beliefs are going to filter the information that's coming in in a way that can completely change our overall experience. And the last place we see this universal rule coming up that our beliefs create our experience is when we hear people say things like dreams really do come true and you can do anything you put your mind to. And if you're like me, you hear those things and you think it's a little bit woo-woo. I'm not so sure about this. This sounds like you're telling people you believe in magic. But we hear it all the time, especially around kids. You can do anything you want. You can be anything you want if you just believe. And we hear that and we immediately start thinking of all the reasons that it's bogus. But there is a lot of truth to it, actually. You can be happy if you believe that you're a happy person. Sometimes it helps to see that it's true by looking at the opposite. Because this doesn't mean that being happy is as easy as just flipping a switch. It just means... That if no part of you believed that you could be happy, then how could you ever possibly be happy? You have to have some ounce of belief that it's possible in order to create it. If you can believe it, you can create it. And if you don't believe it, then you can't create it. Believing down to my core that I could never be a pilot is not going to help me get my pilot's license. And holding on to the belief that I'm bad with my money is not going to help me become better with my money. So the law of attraction, mantras, visualizations, affirmations, noticing the good, everything we talk about with the model, the one thing that connects all of these ideas is that there's a very clear, distinct link between what we believe and what we experience. Whether it's energy being sent out into the universe or selectively filtering information that's coming in, or our beliefs causing our feelings that drive specific actions. Our beliefs are what create our experience. And just like with everything, there's a good, bad, and ugly side to this. But we're going to start 
with the bad and the ugly so that we can end with the good and end on a good note here. So some times where this can cause some pain actually has to do with the fact that it overrides the motivational triad, which sometimes is a good thing. We talk about overriding the motivational triad so that we can be more in control of our lives and not be driven by our animal lower brain. But because this overrides the motivational triad, it also means that what you believe will become your experience at your expense. Your belief will become your experience at the expense of pursuing pleasure, at the expense of avoiding pain, at the expense of conserving energy. Your beliefs can drive you away from pleasure towards pain and consume energy. Everything that's the opposite of the motivational triad, your beliefs can drive you towards those things as well. Jody Moore talked about this in a way that totally blew my mind when she said, your brain would rather be right than be happy. Your brain would rather be right about what it believes and thinks than feeling good. And again, I'm not pointing fingers at the source or the enforcer of this universal rule. So I don't know if it's your brain making this happen or just the way the universe works. Personally, I like to deflect the blame away from my own brain and believe that it's a little bit outside of me. But this is a really, really effective way to look at it. Your brain would rather be right than be happy or feel good. So if you have a belief or a thought that goes against the motivational triad that your lower brain uses to try to keep us alive, that belief will become true for you even if it means no pleasure, lots of pain, and lots of expended energy. And obviously this can be really hurtful. When I was in a deep depression before I found coaching, one of the beliefs I had for a while was that I was beyond help. That is not a thought I want my brain to be right about. But this rule was completely at play. And looking back, I can see it happen so clearly. Because no matter who I talked to, what podcasts I listened to, what helplines I called, whenever I carried this belief of I am beyond help with me, I became beyond help. Or I put myself beyond help. Or I found evidence to prove I was beyond help. However you want to say it, that belief became my experience and remained my experience until I changed that belief. Now that's a really scary example, but it proves how powerful this rule is. It will hold true even if it means going against our survival. So I don't think it's silly or cute to have these self-deprecating beliefs about yourself because when I have thoughts like, I never do anything right, or I'm a burden to people around me, the question I ask myself is, is that a belief I want to become true? Because I know the rules of the game. I don't have to wait and see to know how it plays out for me if I carry those thoughts, I never do anything right and I'm a burden to people around me. If I carry those with me, I know how that goes. I know that those beliefs will become my reality. So we need to acknowledge how powerful this concept is and be careful about which, about which beliefs we're solidifying and holding on to and which ones we're letting go. So let's talk about the really good, exciting side of this. 
because fighting against it or trying to disprove it has never worked. So we got to find a way to use this information to help us. And the biggest thing is just that understanding this rule provides us with some knowledge and awareness. It helps me understand my life and the way it works and we can leverage this rule. And I'm going to say some super cliche things here, but it totally fits. Knowledge is power. And with great power comes great responsibility, yada, yada, yada. All of those cliche phrases, they totally fit here because we can curate our beliefs. We can pick and choose which beliefs we hold on to in order to create the experience we want. That's the power. That's where we can make our life exactly what we want and save ourselves a lot of suffering. Because if you aren't enjoying your overall experience, we know that the most sure way to change that is to find whatever belief is upstream of that experience that's causing that experience and work on changing it. Because at the bottom of every experience, there's a belief that's creating it. And if we want to change the experience, we got to change that belief. This is the key to solving any problem in your whole life. That's crazy. And it's awesome that we figured it out, right? If you want a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference, the answer to life, the universe, and everything is not 42. It's understanding that what we believe creates our experience. So we can use this universal rule to solve things and stop a past cycle from repeating, kind of past focused, and we can use it for our future to create completely new results and experiences that we hope for. So what do you want in your life? What experience do you want in the future? And then you think about who do you have to be to get that experience or to create that experience? What does the version of you who has reached that point believe? And then start practicing believing that about yourself, about life right now. So I got to briefly cover how we change our beliefs because otherwise I feel like I'm leaving you on a cliffhanger. So really briefly, changing our beliefs has a couple steps. The first one is always awareness. So we have to have a really, really deep awareness that the thought is a thought. It is just a sentence in your mind. It's just words. It's just neurons firing. So that loosens it up a little bit. And then we loosen it up a little bit more by making sure we're giving ourselves space to be wrong about this belief. And that requires some humility. You say, I could be wrong about that. And then we start redirecting our mind in the direction of that new belief that we're trying to change it to. And often that requires what we call bridge thoughts. And bridge thoughts are just those baby steps along the way to that new belief because sometimes it's a little bit too much of a stretch to jump straight to that new belief. So if you have a belief that you're unlovable and you try to go straight to believing that everyone in the entire world loves you, that's probably not going to stick. So we take those baby steps, including the step where you say, I believe that I'm unlovable, but I could be wrong about that. And then maybe you have a bridge thought of, I'm open to the idea that I'm lovable because it seems like this one person in my life loves me. Maybe your mom or your spouse or a friend, or maybe I love me. So that's, that's at least one person. 
or maybe a bridge thought for you is there are parts of me that are lovable. Maybe I'm not totally on board with everything about myself being lovable, but there are parts of me that are lovable. And you'd keep making those steps until you get across that river. You bridge that gap into that new belief that you want. And along the way, you look for evidence that backs up that new belief or that bridge belief that you're working on at the moment. And other people can help you here. Sometimes it works really well to ask other people to look for evidence with you. So if I'm trying to feel better about the way I look or if I'm trying to believe that I'm beautiful it's totally fine for me to ask my husband to tell me I'm beautiful so that when he does I can practice accepting that as evidence or maybe I ask somebody you know does my hair look okay or you know whatever it is you can ask people around you to help you find evidence for a new belief you're trying to develop Because sometimes the previous belief is really, really deeply rooted and that filter is so firm that it's really hard for us to notice any of that incoming information, any of that available evidence for the new belief. So I want to end by going over a couple limits to this universal rule because I'm sure there's part of you that's saying, wait, but what about this? What about this? That can't be true because what about that? So obviously there are limits to this process. There are specifications that you have to make. Like no matter how hard you try, you probably aren't going to change the color of the sky just by the power of belief. I can't sit there and say, the sky is purple, the sky is purple, the sky is purple, and all of a sudden the sky is going to change colors for everyone in the whole world. Your beliefs can't change other people's experiences. Your beliefs are only going to create your experience. So you might be able to convince yourself that the sky is purple. But my question would just be, (laughs) why? Why why do you want to believe that the sky is purple? Same thing with going around trying to develop the belief that I am the president of the United States of America. Like, you you could convince yourself. Some people might say you're delusional or gaslighting yourself but I mean you can try again you can't change other people's experience so it's only going to change the experience for you so you can have the experience of being the president of the United States but probably no one else is going to be having that experience of you because not very many of us get the opportunity to be the president of the United States other problems that can come up can usually be solved by just changing the wording a little bit Because if you say, I believe I can lose 20 pounds in one day, that's not going to serve you. That belief is not going to serve you most likely. Because you can lose 20 pounds in a day if that's what you really wanted more than anything else. But it's going, it's probably going to require really extreme measures like up to and including amputation. So you probably don't actually want to believe that you can lose 20 pounds in a day. So when you're choosing these beliefs, you have to be really realistic and compassionate with yourself and make sure that it's actually going to benefit you. So when you're trying to develop a new belief, you want to think about everything that that can mean for you, what it might cost, and how it ranks up against other beliefs that you aren't ready to let go of and decide ahead of time if that's really what you want to believe and therefore make true. 
Because if I say that I want to complete a marathon tomorrow, I could do that. I would not be running the whole time. I would probably be exhausted and miserable and in so much pain. But I could do it. But what I want more than running a marathon tomorrow is to get to the level of fitness where I could comfortably or at least somewhat comfortably run a marathon. Sometimes we think we want things, but we have to look really carefully at what that means for us and make sure we're not backing the wrong horse, so to speak. So this is the universal rule. Your beliefs create your experience. Have so much fun with that and please join me for a free mini session if you want some help kind of tweaking that and figuring out which beliefs are manageable for you and realistic and compassionate and all of those things. And I will talk to you next time. Did you know that I'm offering mini coaching sessions completely free? Go to helpforthecaregiver.com to schedule one now. If you found value in this podcast, share it with your communities, spreading the power of these tools to more people. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at Courtney Cable Coaching for ongoing interaction, valuable content, and additional resources. For personalized support, visit my website to view my affordable coaching programs or to schedule a free mini coaching session or consultation call. Thank you for joining HD Reality, and I can't wait for our next conversation.